I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. All right, kids, here we go. Next seminar up February 9th through the 11th, then April 12th through the 14th, and June 7th through the 9th. Next coach's workshop is February 3rd on Long Island. This is open to anyone that wants to get better at coaching the barbell lifts, geared towards personal trainers, group fitness instructors that want to get better at coaching strength training using the starting strength methods and principles. There is a discount available for active trainers, so check out the link for details. Plenty of spots for the May 18th Self-Sufficient Lifter Camp in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning. Looks like Lift Shoot Fight is back on the menu, boys. May 18th and 19th in Wichita Falls, covering all of the lifts, basic firearms instruction, and some combatives. Press and Bench Press Camp, Long Island, January 20th. Deadlift and Power Clean Camp in Indianapolis, Starting Strength Indianapolis, that's January 27th. Squat and Deadlift Camp in Cincinnati at Starting Strength Cincinnati on March 9th. And finally, spots left for our Rehab Injury and Pain Management Camp. This camp is geared towards dealing with chronic pain and rehabbing injuries using the basic barbell lifts with Will Morris and Nick Delgadillo. That's February 3rd in Chicago at Starting Strength Chicago. Thought about a career change or doing something different? Think about becoming a Starting Strength Coach. Plenty of resources available on the Coaching Development tab at startingstrength.com. Check out the Coach Development Program, Potential Apprenticeships, and get some of your questions answered. All of that on startingstrength.com. And as usual, folks, remember, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the Internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It's so wonderful to have you guys here with us again this week. Uh, you, you have no idea how important this fellowship is for those of us here in the warehouse studio. We, uh, we love you guys. Oh, man. It's just like a big brotherhood, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, almost. <laughs> almost. Shit, I barely like Rusty. Except for... I don't like Nick. And I can almost just tolerate Look. you, Rip. <laughs> but I guess we love the... the that's fine. <laughs> but for this thing here I'm forced to do every week, which is... Nobody's forcing you. Let's get that out of the way. No, nobody no, is forcing you. I've been you. told that this is important, so that's no, no. Forcing. People like it, but you get to do whatever you want because no, you I'm, are in look, charge. I'm, I'm helpless. <laughs> helpless. I'm He's helpless. helpless. I have Poor to do helpless. what I'm told, just Poor like everybody guy. else. In I the feel population. so sorry for him. <laughs> helpless is what I am. Helpless. It's only going to get worse, too. Oh, God. God. Wait in fact, gets... I'm going I'm to tell you, there is a... Wait until he gets senile. <laughs> I just posted the thing on the, on the Q&A from uh, an anti-causal. Our buddy anti-causal has posted a, uh, a video interview of a nurse uh, that was fired from her position about two years ago during the COVID thing, and she's got some remarkably interesting things to say about that. And uh, by the time you guys see this, it's going to be well in the past, and maybe I'll bump it. But you need to look uh, 
Where, who interviewed for the her? The comments. What? Who interviewed her? <clears throat> like oh, what is some what is British it woman interviewed oh, okay. her. Okay. She's okay. sitting on a couch, and she's just got some interesting stories. She worked for Kaiser Permanente in California, and uh, the things that she uh, revealed about their procedures during COVID were very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. The the nursing staff and the medical staff was not allowed to place COVID-19 vaccination status or incidents on the medical report. In fact, the medical, the, 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 the computer programs that they had to enter, that they had to deal with, if a person checked into the hospital with COVID-19, they tested positive for COVID-19, the field that they were uh, supposed to to fill in uh, for the patient status automatically filled in non-vaccinated. If they were positive for COVID, the form it defaulted to non defaulted to non-vaccinated and could not be altered. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, this is very interesting. Some very very interesting things took place, and you need you guys need to look it up. So that'll be on the January the what's the day ninth? Uh, eight, or yeah, the eighth. This is the ninth. So look <clears throat> on the January the ninth posts for my Q and A, uh, and you'll you'll find this very very interesting video. It's twenty five minutes long. It's worth every second of it. Do not fail to watch it. Absolutely. All right. Well, anyway, I don't know how I got off on that, but oh, we're going to get off on several things today. If if if, if you people have got it, that's all we're going to do is get off. Yeah, we're going to just get off with our brothers. With our brothers, if, if your attention <laughs> that we love is such that you can't <laughs> deal with a little getting off, then turn me off right now. Right next to Nick, where I like it the most. Right. <laughs> At any rate, comments. From the haters. Oh, this is a great batch. A great batch. All right. This first one I'm going to read to you is uh, is uh, you know representative. I think this is the trap bar is completely useless with Mark Ripito. The trap bar is completely useless with Mark Ripito. And the comment is, this guy is a moron. That's it. <laughs> All right. Here's another one that is also represented. Okay. She started strength training. It is good, but come back after a couple of months when this training will make her fit, parentheses, and all the people in this gym, too, they are just out of shape, close parentheses. What? What's the parentheses for? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what this... Do you understand that? I didn't understand no, a no, word awesome. of that. That's great. All right, here's a guy that thinks that we don't know how to deadlift. Common mistakes in the deadlift, how to fix them, is the clip. Hips too high, feet too narrow. Thank you. That's... That's useful. <laughs> That's useful. Uh, let's see. 
Compromised abdominal wall, starting strength network previews. What was that from? That was a call-in, I think. Mm -hmm. That was that um, woman who um, her... That recent? Yeah. yeah, like two weeks ago. Last oh, week. Pretty recent. Where she was born with all of her guts on the outside and they oh, had to put right. back in. Oh, that, that deal. All right. Lady, should I lift given my condition? Rip, no, but ask your doctor. Lady, doctor said no before. Rip, ha ha, that's how they all think. Now, that makes all kinds of sense, doesn't it? I'm pretty sure that's not what you said. Yeah, no, I mean, I said, no, don't lift. And you yeah, said, I'm famous for saying, no, don't lift, right? You, you said. And when I said no, doctor said no before, ha ha, that's how they all think. No, no, you, you said, what you said was, I would like to know what your doctor thinks about that. You right. were just curious on what they were going right. to say. Right. Well, but, I, and yeah. then you said, they're going to say no. Right. And you said no because she took a lot of time off lifting. She has compromised abdominal wall, and she just got pregnant, and you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Right. Oh, okay. I didn't remember all of that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that guy didn't even listen to the— You know how hard it is to remember everything when you're as old and beat up as I am? No. But like he said, that guy just didn't listen when to you the— you drink as much as I do. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. All right. The, the deck is stacked against you. <laughs> yeah, you're... All right. Now, here's another learning to deadlift, the starting strength method, another another ingenious observation. Too high. <laughs> What's too high? He didn't even the bother. Bar? He didn't even bother to Your ass? anything else. You, do you not understand? No. Do, what question am I asking? Do you not? <laughs> You not there's no need to understand, Rip. There's no, no need to no, understand no. the hater. Comments from the you just, they just are. Chase Lindley presses 405. All right. Gift that keeps on giving. When you're moving around like Ronnie as an old man, I guess they're talking about our buddy Coleman, Ronnie Hamilton. Yeah. All right. No, Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman. Oh, <laughs> they Ronnie don't. Coleman. They don't know who Ronnie Hamilton is. <laughs> well, I, I, didn't, I don't remember if he was somehow involved in the. In this video, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ronnie was it. so you talk about Ronnie, Ronnie Coleman. Coleman, yeah, yeah. Ronnie Coleman. <clears throat> uh, you're gonna regret overarching your back like that. This is absolutely not a healthy, sustainable way to lift. Do you think Ronnie Coleman pressed 405? I don't know, man. Not that I, I, I would be willing to say he probably did. I bet he could. He yeah. could. Now, I don't know if he did. Right. Well, he loved, he, he loved like lifting he heavy weights. He loved lifting heavy weights. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I know. That's why he was so fucking <laughs> That's why he's so big. That's why he was so fucking big. Uh, now, I don't, you know, and, and really, no shit, I don't know what's wrong with Ronnie's back. I don't either. I, know I don't have any idea. I know there's a documentary, but I haven't watched Yo, it. Yo, he, he's, 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 he's had like 20 up. surgeries. That's, what, that's what's wrong with it. That's what, the minute you have back surgery, lumbar surgery, what you have to realize is that you just had your first back surgery. Because there will be a second back surgery. It is, you talk about the gift that keeps on giving. Yep. If you're a neurosurgeon, lumbar surgery, that first procedure is the gift that keeps on giving. Ronnie Coleman pressed 315 for 11 reps in a row. Jesus. That's yeah, I mean, so he was, could press four oh five. The man was stronger than hell. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> All right, now uh, this one is the house <laughs> arrest skills, proper kettlebell use. Now, what the hell is that about? That's when we demonstrated the proper use of a kettlebell, which included uh, propping open the door, using it as a phone tripod. Right. Oh, okay. And I don't remember if there was anything else. House arrest. 
Put it at report. this was during the COVID. This is during oh, was well, COVID during the right. lockdowns? Yeah, mm-hmm. right, all right, all right. So this man says, try front squatting two of them and see if you can avoid a heart attack. <laughs> Peak at front squatting two kettlebells. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's it's like sixty it's a pounds. cardiac event. Like that, sixty pounds. <laughs> that's a cardiac event. Apparently, you're in just fantastic shape. If you do can you do that. see the level <laughs> of people that participate in? Then you you understand why I don't like to take. If this wasn't so damned entertaining for everybody, this would be a waste of electricity for everybody involved in this situation. From the guys typing it to us having taken it off of the internet and printed it and me putting it here and the lights shining on it so I can read it. Complete waste of electricity. All right. All right. Now, this one, this is irritating. Do not join the network for the forum. I was on there and saw it. (laughs) There are tons of posts with zero replies and Rip ignores most of them. Don't bother. Total ripoff. Uh, man, that's not true. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, network for the forum. All right. Most of the people in my defense, most of the people on the network for the forum are, are veterans of the other board and they don't need me to respond to. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of communication with, with each other, which is great. Right. So, uh, you know, a probably more representative uh, example of my rate of response is on the 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 dot com Q and A my rip Q and A thing, where I respond all day long, every day, Christmas Day, Easter, even I respond on Easter. Is this the dude that gets a meltdown when people do sit ups on the ground or leg raises on the Roman chair? <laughs> How do you do leg raises on a Roman chair? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good hater comment, though. Yeah, it is pretty good. <laughs> the dude that gets oh, the a Roman <laughs> chair. Oh, I know what he's talking about. The upright bench yeah, is what he's talking about. Yeah. Oh, that must oh, right, be what right, he right. Means about the yeah. leg raises on the <clears throat> Roman chair. I don't melt down. I just don't <laughs> melt think down. That it's a particularly intelligent <laughs> thing to do. You know, your back hurts. The first thing you stop doing is wiggling it around <laughs> under a load. You start deadlifting and squatting and understand that that keeps all the muscles strong and that sit-ups and back extensions wiggle it around and hurt things. That's <laughs> but if you want hey look, if you enjoy back tweaks, keep doing sit-ups and back extensions. I don't give a shit. I really don't care. You do whatever you want to do. All right? Now, let's see. What else? I think that's all of them. Yep, that's all of them. All right. So that concludes this week's uh, tiresome yet somehow necessary installment of comments comments from 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 the haters. haters. Did you guys see where Australia was making it illegal to do, to perform the Nazi salute? Which yeah. I guess looks like that. Or, oh, that hurts my shoulder. I have to do it this one. Right? That's illegal now. 12 
years in prison. Rip just really wanted to do it on the camera, right? And, <laughs> and, and also, if you uh, and also if you uh, if you email you, a PDF you pick Nazi iconography like the Schutzstaffel SS, right? Right? What SS is now going to be a problem? Yeah, we can't sell bars there in uh, in Australia. I saw something like isn't if, that fascinating? <clears throat> how a government could prohibit the display of ideas that they didn't like because those ideas are Nazi. Well, it's uh, it's been illegal in Germany. They've got a little. I bit don't of a, know that that's. They've got a little true. bit. Of a, Is it true? It's one hundred percent. Yeah, a little bit of a history with it, though. <clears throat> Yeah, well, Germans, you know, they're so sensitive about that. <laughs> Even though it was 70 years ago, they're still a little sensitive. Because there's guys alive over there that worked for them and shit. You know. There's guys in the U.S. government that, <laughs> that worked for them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. They got us we, to the fucking we moon. To the moon because of <laughs> didn't Klaus Schwab have something to do with those guys? Oh, I don't know. He seemed, He sure looks like he did. <clears throat> I mean, he should have. If he wasn't, he, you know. I mean, you, you, you can't completely purify your employment pool. I understand that, but but good God, the way you respond to well, regardless, fascism of, is to is to institute uh, censorship. Well, what you're what you're inviting is <laughs> that, that seem a little yeah the, ironic. The, the problem that, the problem is that it's a swastika and Nazi shit, so so everybody jumps on board with it. But what you're inviting is massive fucking intrusion. Because how are they going to know that you sent a PDF or a text message of a swastika? Well, they have Be- to establish a government bureau to investigate. Well, it, well that, it already, it's, it already it's red, scan all the emails. It already and, exists. You know, they're just admitting that they're and look, look at, that look at, at the, that, that and then it's red scare stuff. You know, I saw my neighbor give out that uh, Nazi salute. I saw him do it. Well, we better go investigate him. Better go investigate. Have you got a you got a video of it? No, no I don't have but a video, I saw it. but I saw it. But I saw it. But I saw it. You have to understand. I, I know what I saw. It's a red flag law for right. just fucking behavior. Well, it's it's a way to SWAT people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a new way to SWAT people. But look, it's Australia. They've got a, a long and uh, you know glorious history of being a bunch of stupid motherfuckers. You know, that whole episode. They were the worst country on earth during COVID. There wasn't any place. New Zealand wasn't as bad. As New Zealand was pretty bad, though. They were pretty bad. Yeah. They had uh, camps. <laughs> they were. Yeah, New Zealand's a strange place. There's no doubt about it. But, but Lord of the Rings, uh, you know. Nonetheless, yeah, and I know Lord of the Rings doesn't save them. Comes close. I just watched that again. Uh, I was watching it last night. Watched the whole damn trilogy. One of the. I mean, it's just it's it's incalculably valuable. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody that said the other day that the the trilogy lord of the rings trilogy was the last movie that has been made that championed the values of western civilization mm-hmm. and you have to think you know completely agree with that that's 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 actually kind of true isn't it heroism valor that sort of thing. It's just it's just amazing to me how good that, I've watched that thing. Oh, the whole damn thing I probably watched it six or seven times. Mm-hmm. 
the extended versions, which is about <coughs> 10 hours worth of video. But, my God, it's good. Mm-hmm. I saw all of those things in the theater when they first were released back in the early 2000s, and it was just a breathtaking experience to have seen that. I have those fabulous stories turned into a very, very good, very faithful uh, rendition on film. It was it was good. So those of you who haven't watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you probably want to go ahead and purchase that on DVD so you'll own it so that when they finally get around to making it illegal, you'll have yours in the closet already. And you can watch it, you know, at night with the shades pulled down and stuff. And nobody can turn you in. Right? <clears throat> So, yes, SS is now illegal to display in Australia. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, I saw the, the something about the penalty for sending a, <clears throat> I don't remember what it was, an email or a text message. Um, it, how the fuck are they going to know that you sent a text message? That's like... How are how are people not concerned about this? Oh, they're you know they're they've already the, the Australians don't care. There might be five of them that care. Listen to this headline. From, yeah, you know, and they didn't <clears throat> used to be a different bunch of people. They you know a long time ago they were they were just as solid, uh, a bastion of Western civilization as as any place in the world. But they've they really they've just you know. I don't know, man. How could you be that afraid of getting sick? All of you people that wore the mask during the early part of the 2020s, all you people that wore the mask, you went to the store, the grocery store you got out of the car, you put on a mask and walked around in the grocery store with a mask on like a fucking pussy. How do you, how did you, how do you justify that kind of behavior? I really don't understand it. I do not understand it at all. And uh, I remember walking around in the store, and everybody had a mask on. I, di- I didn't do this to the girls, but the, all the grown-up men, you know, that were walking around wearing a mask. You know what I did? I looked at them and I laughed at them. And the most amazing thing about that is none of them bowed up to me. Not once. Not one single time. What they did was they all looked at the ground. Okay? They looked at the ground because they knew. They knew how shamefully they were behaving. And, you know, it's going to happen again. <clears throat> this was just a test. It, the test. The, the behavior uh, that you're expected to display may be different than wearing a mask this next time, but you've been conditioned to do that because you wore the mask previously. You did what you were told, even though you knew better than that. And even though you knew you were a pussy when you were doing it. 
So, uh, you know, you think about that real hard and try to resist the temptation to go along to get along because that's what you did. All right, now. How much uh, <clears throat> How much Nazi, like, it, it, are there just Nazis running rampant in fucking Australia? What, Man, I don't know. What, what, what does this actually do? Because it's, if... If you're if you're not allowed to display a flag anymore, they just won't fucking display the flag. So how do you know who you're supposed to avoid now? Because if there's dudes over there with the fucking Nazi flag, I'm not going to go over there. Right, <laughs> right. Because that would be wrong. That would be a problem. That right. Would be, so that would be wrong. So, but now they've removed your ability to discern who between, the Nazis are, but between who the Nazis are and who. How would you describe everybody else? Everybody else. Not the Nazis. <laughs> People who don't like lockdowns? I don't know, man. Have you ever seen anybody in your life over here, not not in Australia, obviously, but, but <laughs> over here perform the Nazi salute? I've seen people wear swastikas, and mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, I know I don't want to be involved with that individual. I've never at seen all. anybody wear a swastika. Oh, oh yeah, I've, see seen, somebody wear I've a... seen tattoos and mm-hmm. hats for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. pins. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. No, I didn't see. It's like, yeah, if dude's got a swastika tattooed on his arm. Uh, yeah, let's let's I'm, just avoid that. I guy. don't want to be your friend. <laughs> we we don't well, have a lot a, of common. That's a useful marker. Of course it know? is. He wants everybody to know. I it, now it, know. And and he puts that on there so he knows of not course. to. That who, I don't want who, to talk to a brown dude. See, yeah. he doesn't, but, but, <laughs> somebody I don't want to talk to you. Somebody that's that stupid doesn't actually understand what that means. Of course not. Of course, They don't not. understand that it means that he is in favor of the government telling you what to do all day long. Exactly right. Now, I can think of a couple of recent instances yeah. of that kind of thing manifesting itself in the complete absence of a swastika. Right. Well, um, right? you know, me working for the penal system for a while, um, you know, a lot of guys get those just to survive. You know, you get oh, because of the Aryan Brotherhood. And you the get in prison, you've got to make a choice, clink. and that happens. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying it's cool or anything, but it happens. I mean, where's people, your swastika, Rusty? Oh, Nazi? it's huge right here over my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Brown man. <laughs> oh God! But what, what I'm it's saying is so much easier just, to not what, have what, any tattoos. What I'm saying is, is people people have those tattoos and they display them. Point, consistently. point is, this is just a this is just a look, it's a, look what we're doing, guys. Yeah. No, that's all. We're fighting yeah. hate. Yeah. Everything banning. that most governments do is because somebody's got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. But what that actually means is. Somebody's got to appear to be doing something. Exactly. Appear to be doing something. Appear to be doing something. So the government of Australia is going to appear to be combating hatred by prohibiting me standing there doing that with my hand. I guess that's what that means, right? Because if I do that to you, then you're threatened. Yep. Yeah. Right? Instead of you laughing at me. Like the jerk-off that I am, you have chosen to be threatened and offensive and offended, right? Right. And I've also given up uh, potentially future liberty for myself as well, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, liberty's overrated, isn't it? (laughs) Don't you think? 
Oh God Almighty! All right, now you know this going to be we're going to do today. You know how this is going to be construed though that we're all oh, that we pro Nazi. We think we should be. Uh, we should. <laughs> we're yeah, we're all Nazi. fucking Nazi somehow, <laughs> right? I mean, you got yeah. SS on your goddamn shirt. Right? <laughs> uh, oh well, look at there. <laughs> we make jokes about Jews all the time. Yeah, all, the time. all the time. People Constantly. don't like the fact that we make jokes about Jews. We have Jews on the show. <laughs> Making yeah, and we ask them jokes. Legitimate. About Jews, we asked. Uh, you see how I just pointed at him? I did this. You did that, right? You can't help it. You, you gotta it. have your thumb in a certain position, though. But you, no, you, that's not a Nazi salute. That's a Nazi salute. But but, so but, the but we've asked them legitimate questions Will and you got doing that with your hands. I it's see. Very I, I, I try not to. Very offensive. <laughs> but we <laughs> is this is this okay? We've asked them legitimate questions right. and gotten of legitimate course. answers. Right. We've learned about Jewish culture from right. actual Jews. From actual Jews. From actual Jews. And people say... And yet Jews are pissed off about it. Well, a couple of Well, Jews. you know, you can't make everybody happy. A That's all there is to Sensitive ones. <clears throat> you know, sensitive Jews. I, you, what are you going to do? Did you see about the you Jewish know? tunnels underneath New York City? No. Oh. I think those are called subways. <laughs> Aren't they? Then, what are you talking about? What trains go through those? What are you talking about? So, uh, so apparently, like there was a synagogue that was that was digging illegal tunnels for. Uh, I, I don't even know what they were doing. People are saying they're moving children under there. I don't know. What but, are they uh, doing with the dirt? I don't know. I didn't ask. Well, this is kind of important, you know. <laughs> they, I, in fact, I'd like to know what the fucking Palestinians did with the dirt. <laughs> Yeah, if you right. dig a tunnel, an extensive tunnel network, you got a whole bunch of dirt to do something rip, with. Rip, rip. They were surra- you know, nobody they were, they were noticed sur- what they. There's a big pile of dirt over here. There's a sur- they were surrounded by dirt. Rip. <laughs> they just took it outside the city and dumped it. <laughs> how they get it? How do you get dirt out of New York City and dump it? Oh, I, are we talking about the Palestinians or the Jews now? Oh, All the the things. I don't know. We're talk- you started off talking about, but the you Jews talking about Pal- digging <laughs> tunnels under New York City. I didn't. The only how thing about how do a bunch I, of, all I said was, what did they do with the dirt? How do a bunch of dudes in the most watched population in the entire fucking <laughs> earth buy a hundred, two hundred goddamn air gliders and nobody noticed? <laughs> oh no, people noticed. They were the 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 Israelis were uh, warned about like, it over oh, and over oh, again. Like, oh, hey, that's interesting. The, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, yeah. The, these guys—they're yeah. doing—they're—they're um, they're doing combat drills with these with these gliders. You should look into it. And they said, "Ah, now we're not going to ah, do that. Just gliders. We could use the war. We could use the war. We could use the war. The war will make everybody. Do rich. you know what's happening to the global economy? Let's. We we got to. In have fact, this. while we're doing it, let's give Hamas some money. Are the Why payments still that? flowing? Uh, the payments still flowing. Oh my God! Well, oh, this is going to this know, is a great episode. A We're thirty episode. minutes in, guys. This is starting off. <laughs> We're all going to get killed. We're going to might, you know, or <sighs> taken off of whatever platform we decide to. Thank God we're on our own platform. Yeah. Huh? Wonder what our Jewish friends think. I don't. I don't know. Are we allowed to ask anymore? <laughs> I don't. Not if if you are not aware of what your Jewish friends think, you are an anti-Semite. <laughs> You know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know. You're that. not already aware of what they think. You're an anti-Semite. Yeah, there we go. So, it, what's interesting to me is what is a Semite? Do we want to get into this? Well, we're already into it. Well, right? do we want to keep? Right, do we want to keep that. digging look a hole? Look, look at that. <laughs> right, you're going to find an interesting thing. What is a Semite? Is this a joke? A Semite is not a Jew. A Semite is any 
a member of any of the people who speak or spoke a Semitic language, including in particular the Jews and Arabs. And what did you say? Arabs. <clears throat> and Arabs? According to Miriam. So Bush. an anti-Semite is someone who is anti-Arab? Is that what that said? That's what it said. Well, isn't that fascinating? Well, I think if you don't like Jews, you probably don't like Arabs either. I don't know. But the yeah, but the Jews get to I keep don't the know. semi. All these fucking kids that are running around up at Harvard yelling about how wonderful Hamas is. Oh, that's that's a good point. You yeah, know, good point. Who is Hamas? They're Palestinians. Are the Palestinians Arabs? I think they are. Yep. So they're not anti-Semites. They're not anti-Semites. See how confusing just, this whole thing is? You just made is? the case for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good job. This is what happens when nice you debate things, you know? You should join their debate team. You know, I, I'm not interested in hating things. I'm not interested in, you know what I'm most interested in? Pussy. That's what I'm most interested in, and, and guys that hate don't get a lot of pussy. That's, yeah. You know, because word gets around, and it's just, you know, you become known as a hater. So anything. Anyway. All right. Now, what we need to do at this point is, change the is to salvage the uh, continuity of this program and talk about something that has something to do with, with training. But first, we're going to talk about cleaning your teeth. <laughs> There's a couple of things that I... Just over the past couple of days, I've been watching on the board being discussed, and one of, somebody posted a thing about teeth cleaning. And, uh, you know, I've had my teeth cleaned a few times, and uh, I don't know, 67-year-old teeth. Good-looking teeth. Handsome teeth. I've had a bunch of teeth work done. Uh, when I was a kid, uh I was allowed to eat a bunch of sugar, and I had a bunch of dental caries. So cavities had to be repaired, and that typically ends up uh, in sufficient tooth damage that when you, by the time you're old, uh, a lot of that shit's going to have to be replaced with crowns and stuff. So I had to have a bunch of that done. But I, in the course of having a bunch of dental repair done, I was talked into having my teeth cleaned a couple of times now i hadn't ever really had my teeth cleaned i brush and floss uh i, I brush twice a day i floss at night before i go to bed um nobody brushes and flosses three times a day nobody does that unless they're retired or something <coughs> like that because you don't have time to brush and floss three times a day that's stupid to even suggest that you do, and uh, nobody's going to do it. So that's not what happens. Most people brush their teeth in the morning, and then they brush their teeth before they go to bed. And if you floss correctly, and you know how to descale your own teeth, and you have to learn how to do this, then I just don't see how uh, every six months a tooth cleaning appointment is anything except work for the hygienist at the office you know i mean you got to keep her busy right and uh i think it's more of a business model than it is a 
an actual wonderful thing. If during the tooth cleaning, Dennis comes in and checks you out, says, I need an x-ray on number 18 here. <clears throat> and they, they look at that and, and actually performs some kind of a, uh, a professional uh, examination of your mouth, then it might be worth it. Might be worth it every once in a while to have that done. You know, I don't see that every six months. If you're taking care of your mouth like you ought to be as an adult, I mean, you shouldn't be having uh, that much instability unless there's pre-existing problems. So, uh, as long as I've not had dental insurance, so when I had dental insurance, it's always come in every six months, full cleaning, full exam, whole deal, X-rays, mm-hmm. all the shit. Since I haven't had, so I always just pay for you know, out of, out of pocket cash for dental visits. They, uh, the three places that I remember will always recommend six months for cleanings and then usually just an annual or even 18 month exam. Right. Because they know you're paying out of pocket, right? So they know right. they're not going to get, get it if you just are up for a thousand dollars every six months. Right. So that's, that's an interesting data point, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'll get a cleaning as a result of getting the exam once a year. For me, it's the same as like, I can change my own oil, but why the fuck would I do that if I could just pay somebody to do it? Right. Well, you know, how many times have you had a cleaning, and as a result of that cleaning, they found something that needed to be paid attention to? That's kind of a more important question. Yeah, I don't think that's the hygienist's job, though, right? Well, she she's supposed cleans. to alert the dentist if she sees something. And if she can't recognize a problem, then why in the hell is she there? You know, or he. Yeah, don't be sexist. Yeah, I can't. No, it'd be wrong. So, uh, should, should actually be they, but whatever. Right. whatever. So, anyway, uh, <coughs> anyway, uh, uh, I don't know. My, my response to that question was that uh, it's, uh, you know, and there are going to be people, haters are going to call in. I'm, I'm not a dentist. Shut the fuck up. You're, stay in your wheelhouse or whatever they said on that. What's the term? Stay, stay in, in your lane. In your lane. In your lane, uh, right. My right. lane. I just think that, uh, yeah, if you want to have your teeth clean, go ahead. That's fine. But here's another interesting data point about that. I knew a lady a long time ago who had had rheumatic fever when she was a kid and she had some 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 perceptible heart damage it wasn't ever a problem she's still alive she's in her 70s now she's still alive and uh every time she had her teeth cleaned which is like she did dutifully went in every six months she had to take antibiotics for three days prior to that appointment because when they scratch around on your teeth and they get that close to your gums, the blood supply to your gums is high enough that damage to the gums in those circumstances become a pretty good vector for bacterial introduction into the bloodstream and it's close to the heart and they, uh, as a as a measure of prophylaxis, they'd put her on antibiotics for three days prior to the to the event. Now, that's I think that's a significant thing to think about. 
It's probably not something you want to do every six months. No, that's I the case. Think that it's, yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> if it is so dangerous for some people that they have to go on antibiotics before you clean their teeth. Uh, I mean, and what about people that had rheumatic fever that didn't know it? You know, and had occult heart damage. And you don't know that they have heart damage, and you don't know to tell them to take antibiotics three days before the for the clinic procedure, and you go ahead and clean them anyway. I mean, you know, this is stupid. You know, I mean, if you're one of these guys that just doesn't take care of his mouth, and you've got calculus all over everything, and, you know, the, you smile, and all the little spaces between your teeth are filled with white dog shit, you know. Yeah, you know, it's kind of probably too late to address your situation. All right. Uh, because cleaning the mouth up like that, my God, that's going to be some invasive shit, isn't it? But, you know, yeah, I would. that doesn't apply to anybody that listens to this podcast anyway, because everybody that listens to this podcast brushes their teeth, at least every once in a while, right? Occasionally, yeah. All right, now, that's enough talking about dental procedures and shit all right now what i really wanted to talk about today was the setting of goals every once in a while we will get a post on the board that says how much should i want to squat how much should i squat how strong should i get what numbers can you give me that i should be doing after one year of training, what numbers should I be looking to accomplish during the time that I'm lifting? And, uh, and, and these are common questions. These are astonishingly common questions. And uh, they're hard to answer because they're essentially they're unanswerable. All of that, the limits of your strength are going to depend on you and your determination to not miss workouts and come in and add five pounds to the bar every time you deadlift. You're going to be determined by your injury history, by your ability to to stick with a program of recovery and sleep, eat enough, sleep enough, control your other sources of stress that are going to compete for recovery resources with your training. All of these things are going to, are going to have a, an important bearing on what those final numbers will be. All right. So when, when we are asked about what your goals should be, the only honest, reasonable answer to that is your goals should be to follow the process to the best of your ability, to follow the process as your goal. And that doesn't involve a number. All right, let's say you say you want to squat 500 pounds. So you squat 500 pounds, and then what happens? You quit training? You've spent two years getting your squat up to 500 pounds. Will you achieve 500 pounds? This arbitrary goal has been met, 
and I'm done. I think I'm going to start playing chess. Well, the question's flawed from the beginning. Why, why would you ask me what your goals are? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, they want me to tell them what their limits what, are. What they want to know is what's realistic. So, yeah. the, so whenever somebody asks that, the, there should be immediately a question back. It's like, well, what do, you, what do you want to do? And then I think, I'm in a, I think I and you and everybody else here is in a position to be able to tell them whether or not that's realistic and what they need to do to get there. Well, sure. And sure. Also, I mean, if they're 5'2 <laughs> and I weigh 135 pounds right now, a 600-pound deadlift is not going to be realistic for most people. Right. For most people. For a few, it has been. But for most people, a 600-pound deadlift is not within the realm of their interest or within the realm of their physiologic potential. But for a few people, it is. Right. Now, are you in that few? I don't know. I can't tell you that. Maybe fun to find out if they're willing to work for it, right? Now, the typical trainee, though, that comes in, and he starts off at 165 pounds. He's five foot ten. He starts off at 165 pounds. Within two years, this guy's always deadlifting 500. That's just average performance. That's baseline strength. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yep. 500 is not remarkable. You know, that's what I find so insanely weird about uh, strength and conditioning for for uh, D1 and professional athletics. These guys are freaks, right? Why are all of them not deadlifting 700 pounds? Everybody on the offensive line ought to be deadlifting 700 pounds. Or they're just not training. Right. Right? I mean, all of your running backs ought to be deadlifting 550, or they're just not training because they have the potential to do that. Right? Yep. And it, it, it just to, to not even ask them to do that, if you don't require that of them, well, this is your fault. You're the strength and conditioning coach, and you don't know how to get a genetic freak a 300-pound genetic freak to a 700 deadlift, you don't know how to do your job. You know, you got a 21-year-old, 300-pound defensive lineman that's not deadlifting 700. Why, why, why do you have this job as a strength coach? You know, you don't understand that that's, that's easily accomplished. That's five pounds of workout. That's the net result of five pounds of workout. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to even be any smarter than you already are to understand this simple piece of physiology. This is how humans adapt. They won't adapt if you don't ask them to. But if you ask them to, they will adapt because they can adapt. We see it all the time. And we don't even work with populations of athletic freaks that played D1 in professional sports. Those You have to understand something. Those people are not like us. They are different than we are. They're wired up differently than we are, and they're far, far more capable of amazing feats of athletic performance than are we 
because a lot of that stuff's genetic. Sorry, it's genetic. Nothing I can do about that. That's just the facts, okay? But the other facts are that since those genetics, to a certain extent, control the amount of weight you can eventually lift, I can't tell you what that number is because I don't know your genetic endowment. I do know what is normal to see in a commercial gym with the general population. A 500-pound deadlift is not a remarkable thing to see. That is not, that is not an astonishing achievement in a, in a gym with somebody that works with a normal population of young men. You know, 500-pound deadlifts, or if you don't know how to produce that, even in the general population, you don't know what the hell you're doing as a strength coach. It's just not that hard to do. But should that be your goal? And that's the real question is, what should be your goal? Your goal should be for as long as possible to add five pounds to your deadlift every time you pull the bar off the floor. Every workout that you deadlift should be five pounds heavier than the previous workout for five reps. Okay? Now, what is that going to entail? Well, it's going to entail you not missing workouts. All right? You can't come in every second time that you're supposed to be in the gym and expect this process to continue because it won't. The process is contingent upon your following the rules. And the rules are you train three days a week. The rules are also that you must recover from the training that you perform. And recovery requires you to probably eat more than you want to. If you're not in the habit of getting up and eating a bunch of protein for breakfast, you're not gonna be able to do this unless you change your habits. You're going to have to start eating breakfast. You're going to have to eat seven or eight eggs for breakfast every morning, whether you want to or not. Or have a big ham sandwich or something. You've got to have a big slug of protein early in the morning. First meal of the day has got to recover you from being asleep all night, having not eaten anything. So you've got to eat breakfast. If you don't want to eat breakfast, then you're not going to get this done. All right? Then you've got to eat three or four other times during the day. And every time you eat, you're going to have to eat enough protein because you've got to build muscles out of something, and you build muscles out of dietary protein. Okay? Not enough dietary protein is available, then you're not going to build any muscles. And you're not going to achieve the strength goals because the strength goals require that your muscles grow. Muscles get big because you ask them to produce the force of muscle contraction. That's why muscles get big. They don't get big because you did 12 reps with a light weight. They get big because you did five reps with a heavy weight. I know 12 reps is, you know, makes you gassed and you get a pump and you feel like you actually accomplished something. But what you did was you lifted a light weight for 12 reps. Okay. So you've got to, there are just some rules that have got to be followed here if you want to achieve the goals. Let's say that your goal 
is more typically what we see in the in the general population of kids that come in and join the gym. They want to get bigger. They want to be, do bodybuilding. They want to do hypertrophy. They want bigger legs and bigger arms and a bigger chest and all that other shit. All right? Well, you're going to have to explain to them this very important fact. And you're going to have problems doing this because the the literature, quote, unquote, the literature right now is just like it's always been. It's bodybuilding. And bodybuilding is wrong. Bodybuilding is high reps produce big muscles, and they don't. And the biggest bodybuilders in the history of that activity have been big, strong guys that lifted heavy weights. They've lifted heavy, heavy weights for a long time, and that's how they get big. And the heavy weights have got numbers attached to them. You know, these guys with great big giant guys that win the Olympia are all doing, in the bench, they're doing 500 pounds. They're benching in the fives. They're doing inclines in the fours. They're pressing in the threes. You know, those guys can all squat in the sixes. They deadlift in the sevens. You know, and these are heavy weights. These are heavy weights. They don't represent powerlifting specialization. But they do represent a lot of work done under a heavily loaded barbell for sets five usually. That's the most common rep range that everybody uses to get big. And the numbers on the bar dictate how big you're going to get. And the numbers on the bar indicate how strong you are. And if you want to be bigger, then you've got to get stronger. Now, God damn it, listen to me. If you want to be bigger, you have to get stronger. Now, I can't tell you what the number on the bar is because as we as we just discussed that has a whole bunch to do with your genetic endowment your ability to stick to the program your ability to manage your schedule in a way that allows for adaptation to the stress of the program and i can't tell you what you know what what you can expect from your program what i can tell you is the process the process you have to follow is your goal. The process is the goal. The number will be generated by the process and your ability to follow the process. And if you can't do it, then whatever number you decide is not going to be there. You can't overstate how much how important. The, and the longer I do this, the 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 more uh, the more this just gets solidified. But uh, compliance consistency is the, the most important thing. The most you've important. seen. I, I mean, I personally have worked with a bunch of people who are athletically unimpressive, who have come to do extremely impressive things performance wise, just because they never leave like they never miss a workout um and and the the interesting thing too which is something that i've started thinking about recently is is if 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 like you're saying your goal is to follow the process to the letter the other aspects that you mentioned seem to work themselves out because if you know that i'm not going to miss a workout this week i'm going to hit all three workouts and i'm going to do what's what's planned 
then you tend to also take care of the nutrition side of it. You also take care of the scheduling side of things. You also take care of the sleep side of things. And right. all the things that are contri- going to contribute to you actually right. feeling like going to the gym three days a That's week. That's right, so, because you have assigned them that level of priority. Exactly, right. Yep. Because all of this, the process involves all of that shit, right? The process doesn't just involve you showing up at the gym, which is wonderful. But the process involves you finishing the last rep of the third set of five when you'd rather not do that, especially if some some jerk-off on the Internet has told you about RPE. RPE is a way for you to get out of having to do the last rep of the third set of five. That's all it's for. It's for programming. It's for, it's for you to keep paying the trainer that has told you that your perception of how hard something is is somehow important. Your perception of how hard something is, boys and girls, is irrelevant because your perceptions will change, and they never get accurate. The number you do today will be determined by the previous workout, and that's also part of the process. That's the five pounds of workout thing, all right? We don't care if today feels real hard, all right? doesn't matter what it feels like because right? it, it, your feelings, you, it, you, and the longer you train, the more this becomes obvious to you that your perception of how hard things is is irrelevant because your perceptions are not accurate. And I've told you my story a couple of times. I'm not going to repeat it here, but 45 years of experience do not clarify your perceptions of how hard something was. What you do is what your program tells you to do, and that's all available in your training log. And if you're not keeping a training log, well, you're not training. You don't write down everything you did, you're not training. You're just fucking around in the gym. And if that's all you want to do, that's fine. But if you want to get strong, you're going to have to lift more weight. That's what strong means. Lift more weight. Strength is the production of force against an external resistance. Now, what's the external resistance? Well, it's how many pounds are on the bar. If you want to get stronger, the number's got to go up. That's just all there is to it. It's really as simple as that. And the fact that you come in today and you don't feel like doing that last rep of the third set of five is irrelevant. What's The only thing that's relevant is you didn't do it. It didn't get done. Now, if you try the fifth rep of the third set of five and you get stuck at the bottom, well, now we know something, Right? If you try the third rep, fifth rep of the third set of five, and it comes up, then we know something. We've got data. But if you do the fourth rep and you think to yourself, eh, this feels like shit. I'm not going to get that fifth rep. And you rack it. We don't have any data, do we? We don't know what would have happened. Now, you could tell yourself you wouldn't have got it, but you don't know that. You don't know that until you fail it. Because it might go up. It probably will go up if the increases that you have been incrementally applying 
have been done correctly. If you went up five pounds and a five pound increase has been happening just fine for the previous three or four months, you're probably going to get another five pounds today. If you got recovered between the last workout, you did all the process things that you're supposed to do. It, it, w- it probably will go. If it doesn't go, then that tells you something's wrong. Something didn't get recovered from because it's been working. If it does go, what that tells you is it doesn't matter how it feels, it went. The only thing that matters in this process is that pounds on the bar go up because that's how you get stronger. It also happens to be the fact that that's how you get bigger too. Okay? The process controls all these things. Your ability to follow the process is what we're concerned about here. Your ability to follow the process is reflective of your commitment to the process, the size of your balls, and your ability to organize your activities, not just today, but over the course of the week from which you are recovering to generate the results of the process. The process is multifactorial. You have to control all of the all of the inputs, all of the parameters of the process have to be controlled. And if you can't do it, then you're not going to get strong and you're not going to get bigger. And if you give yourself excuses for not lifting more weight, then you're not going to get stronger and you're not going to get bigger. So this is kind of a different approach, isn't it? It's a different approach. Do you have the balls to ride the fifth rep of the third set down to the bottom and drive it back up? Do you have the balls? It's okay if you miss it. If you get pinned at the bottom, everybody's done that. It doesn't, you know, it's not It's not a, a bad thing to have happen. If your form is correct, you're not going to get hurt. You're just going to get stuck at the bottom. But if you don't try it, you don't know. If you have given yourself permission to not try it because of your subjective perception of the fourth rep, well, you, you're not doing the process because the process involves you attempting all of the reps of the whole workout. Okay? I mean, this this is pretty simple and straightforward, isn't it? This is just strength training 101, all right? It's strength training 101. Now, why is this so complicated? Why is it that nobody at the D1 and the professional level can articulate this process in these simple mathematical terms? I don't understand it. Why do we only need six exercises, maybe seven exercises for this whole process to be implemented? Why do we not need to do biceps and triceps? Why do we not need to do calves? Well, because they're already being worked in the primary exercises. You know, they're, they're in there. 
We don't leave anything out. The deadlift doesn't leave anything out. You know. And the squat doesn't leave anything out. The press doesn't leave anything out. Everything in your body is being worked. And if the bar goes up in weight every single time, then your ability to produce force against that external resistance goes up every single time. You're getting stronger, and you're also getting bigger, and that's all there is to this, okay? This isn't complicated. (coughs) And the only reason to make it complicated is if you are trying to sell complexity to your client base. Things don't have to be complicated every time. Now, if we're sending a group of astronauts to the moon, that's complicated, all right? All kinds of shit goes into that. But that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is going up five pounds this week on your one set of five deadlifts. That's all we're doing. And all you've got to do is put it on the bar and lift it for five reps and then go home and eat a whole bunch and go to sleep and don't do a bunch of running and shit that will interfere with the recovery from the strength training exercises. Don't do a bunch of shit that's going to add to the recovery load because the the recovery load from a 505 set of five deadlifts is, is way more. It's way higher than most people understand. If you start running on top of that, you're just compromising your ability to recover from the 505. We're not concerned with 505 now. We're concerned with 510. And this is the basis of the whole of my statement that I can't give you a number. If you get to a 500-pound squat and you decide, well, that's enough, I've done that, now I'm going to start playing chess. Well, who does that? The other thing is, people, how often does that even happen? The other thing is, the people that ask the question have no frame of reference. So it's it's uh, yeah, anybody who's willing to answer that question for you is uh, is being dishonest because that you have to if you don't immediately come back with more questions yourself as a coach, um, you're dealing <laughs> you're dealing with incomplete information and you're giving bullshit answers. Right. Uh, because if if you're a guy who just started lifting, how the fuck do you even know what you can do? I mean, you, make you have a, no idea. You may compare yourself to another guy, and that's fine. Again, but, right. but again, if you do that, then I can tell you whether or not it's realistic. But um, your goals are going to change too during the during right. the process. That's of perfectly course. normal. If, if you just started training, you don't even know how to squat, much less how much you're going to be able to squat, or even more importantly, how much you're going to want to be able to exactly squat right. after two or three years under the bar. Yeah. You don't know that now. Yeah. There's too many complicating factors earlier. Too, at, at the is, be- again, multifactorial. At the beginning, you're excited about every PR. It's easy. You know, the squat, lifting heavy after a certain amount of time, uh, well, actually all the time, is, is pretty much counter to everything you want to do. Like you have to override a lot of things. Yes. in your brain and in your body to, to, to get under the bar and do it. And that's a process that becomes more and more difficult the longer you do it. At the beginning, it's great. It's fun. It's awesome. Um, but 
yeah, you, you know. The, and there's another, another way to say that is it's not that hard at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. It's just not that hard. But by the time you have been training for five years, a five-pound PR on your dead, on your deadlift, is a big deal. And it's That's not a great be, big deal. It might happen three times a year. Yeah. And it's not going to be fun. <laughs> no. It won't be any fun It'll be at great all. afterwards, but leading up to it, it fucking sucks. It's not <laughs> – because the fourth rep of that set of five PR requires you making a decision that you don't want to make. I'd really rather not have to do this fifth rep, right? Because that fourth one felt like a limit rep. So the question now becomes, how bad do I want a PR? And if you can talk yourself out of that, yeah, you're done. Just stop. If you can't even try, you know, then it wasn't important enough to you. This is one of the things that's so important about strength training, and we say this from time to time, but I, I don't think it gets enough. Um, I don't think it gets enough emphasis a lot of times. Strength training teaches you that unpleasant things are quite frequently necessary for you to make progress or growth or improvement or whatever you want to say you're doing. You have to learn to do things you'd rather not do. And the learning of the process of doing things you'd rather not do carries over to everything else in your life carries over to everything else in your life. And I'm going to allow you to come up with examples of that because I don't think it's a, a terribly difficult problem to, to, to answer. You know, the, the, what you do at work, what you get accomplished when you work, is affected by your willingness to do things you'd rather not do. Either that or you don't have a very hard job. You probably could get a better one if you wanted it. If you're a, if you are a strength trainer, you train for strength and you've gotten your lifts up way high and it takes you've gone through the process of this terminal adaptation to the point where you're making PRs on the deadlift once three times uh, you know, once every three months once every six months, that sort of thing, then you have learned to put a bunch of effort into a process. And that knowledge, that, that experience, that ability carries over into other things that you're doing. And if you're still working at McDonald's, you're wasting your potential because you're valuable. You're valuable. You know that most of the human race has no idea how to do that? They have not got the slightest idea, but you do. That makes you an important person. And and you need to you need to exploit that while you've got the opportunity. Okay? Anything else, boys? Does that cover it? Good here. Yep. Well, Let's just, you know, let them sit on that and 
digest that little suggestion for a while. And now the question now becomes, how are we going to top this? How are we going to do a better podcast than we've just done right now? We tend to do it every single time. I, we do it every single time. Somehow. It, it really is amazing. It really our, is. Our, yeah. I amaze myself. Our proficiency at podcasting. You guys amaze me. I amaze you. You amaze each other. It's incredible. <laughs> this is just an amazement. This really is the most important podcast on the internet. It is the most important podcast. I just love the fact the that I can do it with my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Thanks Can't for watching. We'll see you next week on Starting Strength Radio. <laughs>